We've been in a series called Being Whole, and we've been talking about what Jesus provided for us through the cross and the resurrection, his life that he's given to us. We've experienced that to some degree, but he wants more for our lives. He wants us to be completely whole. That's part of why he came to earth. And uh, during the course of this series, we talked about the definition for wholeness is to be free from wounds, free from injury, to be healed, to be physically and mentally sound, and to be healthy and complete. How many of you think that sounds like a good deal? Yeah. That's, that's something I want for my life. Yeah. And that's something I want for the people I care about. That's something I want for everyone in this room, that's for great. the people that aren't in this room tomorrow, today, that are on vacations all around the world. I don't care where they are. If you're part of New Life and you call New Life home, that's part of what I want for us, yeah. is for each one of us to be whole. And uh, during the course of this series, we, ta- we started talking about how Jesus wants us to be whole in our spirit. That is the first step on the road to wholeness in the rest of our life is receiving Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, putting our faith in him. Wholeness comes to our spirit and begins to flow out and affect the rest of us. And then uh, Pastor Pam talked last week about being whole in your soul. Can we just give her a hand for, for sharing last week? I appreciated that. I was, I was in the front row taking some notes to, to figure out how to be whole in my soul. And uh, there were some really good things that came out of that message. If you missed it, you can go back. It's online and listen to it. So that leaves one part of our being that I wanted to talk about today is being whole in our body. How many of you know somebody right now that's living with sickness or disease or infirmity or something's going on in their body that is just not quite right? And if, if, if it's not you personally feeling that, like, like there's a lot of us in this room that, oh, I've got aches and pains and it would be awesome to be whole in my body right now and to be able to do everything that I have in my mind to do. That's part of what Jesus wants for us is he wants us to be whole even in our body. And I have some good news for you this morning. And anybody you know that's dealing with sickness and, and infirmities in their body, here's some good news for you this morning. You're sitting next to a healing evangelist. Only some people in the room believe that. You're sitting next to a healing evangelist. Look at your neighbor and say, whoa, I'm honored to meet you. If you don't believe that now, I'm praying that you believe it by the time we leave today. That really that is part of our call as Christians is to heal the sick. That's part of the commission Jesus gave to his disciples when he sent them out and what he wants for us to do. Uh, some of you come to New Life and you're wondering, well, what's, what's our outreach strategy? What do we do for evangelism? Here is our main outreach strategy at New Life Fellowship. Are you ready for this? Every week... I tried to convince you. This this is part of our goal, is to convince us who we are in Christ and then send us out into the world for our week. Come on. I know it's not super complicated, but that is our evangelism strategy here, is to cultivate believing believers that actually live and act like Jesus in the world. That is the most effective form of evangelism. It's not a program. It's not a class you can take. It's not a special meeting we could have. The most effective form of evangelism is living like Jesus in front of people. That's what he wants for us. That was part of the the word. If you went back and received communion this morning, you probably heard Eric share the scripture that says, as he is, so are we in this world. 
I'm pretty sure right now Jesus is whole and he's still healing people and he's still reaching people. That is part of who we are called to be in the world and that is actually the most effective form of evangelism we could ever do is to live the same life that Jesus lived in front of the people that we meet every day. When we do that, you'll be amazed what happens because when he shows up, when he walks into the room, everything changes. So we're talking about being whole in our body, and I'm praying that you believe that you have a healing evangelist anointing. Maybe just, just hear that. Again, I, I know I've said it already in, earlier, but hear that prophetically even this morning. You have an anointing on you and in you to heal people and to evangelize them. How do I know that? Because if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and that's what he does. So because of what he did, we can be whole, not just in our spirit, not just in our soul, but in our body also. Uh, The Old Testament is full of prophecies about Jesus when he was coming to earth and what he was being sent to do. Here's one that's very famous that you're probably familiar with in Isaiah 53 and verse 5. It says, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Everything that Jesus endured when he came to earth had a purpose. And I'm going to be so bold to say that everything that Jesus came to do had a purpose that you and I were right in the middle and the heart of. God so loved people that he sent Jesus And all of those things that he endured, the stripes that he took on his back, the beatings he took with the rods when they were mocking him, the crown of thorns that they put on his head, when they nailed him to the cross, it was so we could be whole, so that we could be free, so that we could experience salvation in every part of our being. Thank you, Jesus. That ought to be something that we just stop and say, thank you, Jesus. The, the, The theology word is atonement. But what it really and simply means is that Jesus came to fix things that I couldn't fix myself. He, He produced something that I could never produce in my own strength. There's a wholeness that was released through the suffering that Jesus endured and what he went through on the cross that came to you and I. And I could never be whole in my spirit if I tried to work it up. I could never be whole in my soul and my thinking and my emotions without him. And I can be whole to a certain degree in my body if I work out, which you can tell I've been doing lots of, right? (laughs) Darn. But it will never, there's things that come in your body that you'll never receive healing outside of Jesus coming and intervening there. And he came so that we could be free from those things. Wholeness in spirit, soul, and body was made available through what Jesus did and the suffering he endured. And I want to talk about healing, uh, but first, I had a couple thoughts on sickness. Has anybody ever been sick? Sure. Recently. <laughs> we, I, I hate to say this, but we had a little episode that a whole bunch of people at church all got sick at the same time. And I'm sure it was a complete coincidence, right? Oh, Thank you, Jesus, that we are well now and we're proclaiming it over our lives. Uh, I want to talk about where sickness came from. How many of you read the story of Adam and Eve in the garden? Did you see any hint of sickness, any hint of corruption? It's before the tree, before the fruit, before the fall, when he walked with God face to face. There was no hint of sickness or disease happening in the garden. And if you read throughout Scripture, the promises of heaven are that there is no sickness, no disease, no death, no tears anymore. 
believe that was God's original design, and that's his intention for us, is to be in a place where there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no death. It's the in-between moment that has a little bit of the tension in it, isn't it? And Jesus came so that we could experience the reality of heaven. Sickness and death were introduced into the world through sin. I got, I got three amens on this side. Sickness and death didn't exist until they were introduced into the world through sin. And that's, that's what started the process of surely you will die. Adam and Eve didn't physically die that moment. There was a spiritual separation that happened, but also their bodies began to decay. The process started where eventually death would overtake them, and that came into the world through sin. Now, please hear me on this. Not everyone who is sick has sin in their lives. Come on, I've heard places that have preached it like that and said, well, that's why you're sick, because you've got sin. Not everybody who is sick has sin in their life. But sin is how sickness came into the world and began to operate. I'll, I'll dig into it a little bit more here. But that sickness and disease and death are the work of the devil. He was the one, the tempter that came. He got them to sin. It came into the world through our sin, but it originates from the devil. That is his plan to bring sickness, disease, and death wherever he can. It's not part of God's ultimate design for how we're meant to live. That's how sickness got into the world. How do we experience it in our bodies? Because I, I know I asked a few minutes ago, who's been sick recently? And a whole bunch of people raised their hand. This is how sickness gets in. I do think to some degree... There is an open door we have in our lives when we knowingly sin. I think sin always produces death, right? That's the wages of sin. If you've read Romans, the wages of sin is death. When we sin, we are empowering death to begin operating in our life. So I think there is some degree of sickness that we open the door to sometimes through the sinful and selfish choices that we make in our lives. I do think sin uh, causes us, this is a very close link to it, but I believe unbelief also keeps people in sickness. The book of Hosea says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. If you don't believe in Jesus and you don't know what he made available, you're not reaching out in faith to access healing. And that's part of why some people stay sick is they are just unbelievers and they don't know the healing that Jesus has made available to them through the cross. I think there's a couple other ways we get sick. I do think demons can oppress people. If you read through the gospels very carefully, Jesus healed a lot of people. It was about a third of the time, maybe a little bit more than an exact third, that he cast a demon out of someone to heal them. They, they came and said, oh, he, he gets the shakes and, and he gets thrown into the fire. And we think, oh, that sounds like epilepsy. And Jesus cast a demon out of him. There were times when somebody was mute and deaf and they couldn't speak. And Jesus didn't put mud on their eyes. He said, come out of them, you deaf spirit. There are times when sickness can be from demonic oppression in people's lives. There's, a, there's another category that I think produces sickness, and I couldn't think of a better word for it, so I actually wrote stupidity. <laughs> How many of you know your body was designed to get a certain amount of rest? Your body was designed to eat a certain diet and have a certain amount of exercise. And when we do things that violate those natural laws that God set in place, if, if your body needs six hours of sleep to function well, and you've only gotten three hours of sleep every night for the last two weeks, 
Is there a better word than stupidity that we could put that in? I'm so busy. Uh, That's what it is, Pastor. Come on, it's not taking care of ourselves the way God designed us to be taken care of. If you're only getting two hours of sleep a night for two weeks in a row, you, you don't go around praying, Lord, the devil's really oppressing me with this sickness. How about instead of praying, take a nap? That might be the first time I've ever said that in church. (laughs) Instead of praying, take a nap. (laughs) Come on. God gave you a brain for a reason. There's common sense in our lives. Wisdom's cousin is common sense. And she says, take care of yourself. There are sicknesses that we have in our lives that we don't need to have because we're just not taking care of ourselves. If, If the little red hand says, stop, don't walk, and you step out in front of the bus you're going to have a lack of wholeness in your body. (laughs) Let's not be stupid, too. Sin, unbelief, demons, stupidity. And to some degree, here's another thing that opens the door to sickness. We're alive. How many of you are alive in this room right now? Until we see all the promises of Scripture fulfilled, where we see him face to face, we get a glorified body, we get where the resurrection comes, we live in a place where we're going to experience some amount of sickness and disease just because we're alive. Ouch. (laughs) It's that in-between moment that Jesus put us here to help do something about and to say, hey, there is no sickness and disease where Jesus is in heaven right now. And he commanded us to pray, let your kingdom come here, Lord, just like it is in heaven. He placed us here to do something about that tension with people not getting healed and people experiencing brokenness in their body. I can't make a one-size-fits-all blanket statement about why people get sick. Okay, That, That whole list that I just gave you is not an exhaustive list. Those are some reasons where sickness could be operating in our lives. That is why we need the Holy Spirit to give us discernment. Jesus knew, oh, I don't need to put mud in that guy's eyes. That's a demon causing that. And he cast out the demon. There were other times when he wasn't praying against the devil. He was just saying, be healed. We need discernment to know the difference so that we're not trying to just put a one-size-fits-all band-aid on things, but we're actually walking in supernatural, Holy Spirit-inspired healing in our lives. Notice that the one thing that wasn't on that list was God putting sickness on someone. If you could never imagine doing it to your kid, don't imagine God doing it to you. There are a lot of things that God gets accused of and gets a bad rap for that if it was a natural person doing it, you'd call child protective services and they'd come take their kids away from them. Ooh, that's a good point, Pastor Chris. The first step towards being whole in our bodies is to believe that God is good and he wants to heal. Come on, what... What do they, what's the cliche that you hear in church all the time if someone from the pulpit says, God is good? All the time. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's, that's so 1990, but every, we still know it. You go to churches everywhere, you say, God is good, and they say all the time, and then the, then the pastor says, and all the time? And everybody says, God is good. Do we really believe that God is good all the time? Every single moment of eternity, is he good or is he not? Man, 
God is good. And I don't think we would get arguments about it in this room this morning. Uh, I just want to read you here. This, this goes to my point that God doesn't give sickness. He doesn't put disease and death on you. Okay? He's not teaching you a lesson through sickness. He, he will use every circumstance to bring good out of it. But he is not the author of sickness and death. Here, here is the definition of the word good. It's virtuous, right, commendable, kind, benevolent, loyal, trustworthy, and honorable. Somebody breaking your leg because they want to spend more time with you is not good. That's not honorable, trustworthy, or loyal. Right? Come on, some, somebody... Yeah, you'd run away from that relationship. Somebody, somebody putting your eyes out so that they'll rely on you more to take care of them. Does that sound sick and twisted to anyone else? Somebody giving you a hug and then running over you with their car. And then you find out later they're the doctor that's going to fix your leg. That still doesn't make that good. Okay, that, that is not an example of what we would call good. And yet we sit in this room, we say God is good all the time. And there's people that actually believe that God will do that to people to teach them a lesson. Here's a verse for you. We read it, Pam read it last week, actually. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes. Why does the thief come? To steal, kill, and destroy. Why did Jesus come? To give us life and abundant life. All right. So if you've actually got a paper Bible with you this morning, you could draw a line right between the middle of that verse. And you could look at your life. That that could be a litmus test for your life. What's happening in my life right now? Let me see. What category does it fall in? Oh, it's stealing, killing, and destroying me. It's taken my relationships. It's taken my health. It's bad for me. Did that come from Jesus? No, thank you guys are awesome. You're fast learners too. If it's producing life and abundant life, did it come from the devil? No. Where did it come from? It, I don't know about you, but to me, it can't be any clearer than that. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And if that's the fruit something is producing, it's come from the devil. Jesus came to give life. And if that's what it's producing, it came from him. James says that all good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. That means if it's good and it's perfect, it came from Him. If it's not good, it didn't come from Him. Can we just just think about that for a second? Good and perfect from God, not good, not from God. 1 John 1.5 says God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. Come on. I would classify sickness, disease, infirmities in our body as darkness. Would anybody else agree with me on that? And it says in him, there is no darkness at all. God is really good all the time. There is no exception. There is no moment. There is no time when we weren't paying attention and all of a sudden he snuck one in there on us. He is good all the time. And God wants to heal all the time. Because that's part of who he is. 
It's his will. We always talk about what's God's will. Well, if it's his will, he'll heal me, and I'll, or if it's not, I'll just bear up. His will is to heal all the time. And I know some of you are immediately jumping to the question, well, what if I don't get healed? I don't know the answer to that. God's got his big boy pants on. He can handle his own reputation. I just know I'm called to heal the sick, to pray for people, to, to, to let people know that he made wholeness available through the cross. Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3 says this, Oh, my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. He forgives your sins. Everybody say, everyone with me. Everyone. He forgives your sins. Everyone. He heals your diseases. Everyone. Say that again with me. Everyone. He is a healer and he wants to heal. Psalm 107.20 says, He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Who is the word? I I have Bible scholars in the room. Jesus is the word of God. It says that in the first chapter of John. And it says way back in Psalm that that's part of why Jesus came. God sent forth his word to heal us, to bring life to us. I I firmly believe that if you want to know, if you have any questions about what is the will of God, you need to look at the life of Jesus. When you see Jesus, he is perfectly executing God's will on earth, in heaven, wherever he happens to be at the moment. Jesus is the representation of what God wants to have happen. And I'll, I just have a couple quick scriptures about what Jesus does. First John 3, 8 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Yes. If sickness and death are part of the devil's work, that's one of the reasons Jesus came, yes. to undo sickness and death, to destroy those things. Here's another verse for you. Peter was preaching to the Gentiles, and they were receiving the gospel for the first time. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then what did he do with the Holy Spirit and power? It says, Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Come on, sickness is linked to being oppressed by the devil. Remember, it came into the garden through sin, through the temptation of the devil. He is the generator of it. Jesus' ministry, if you read throughout Scripture, Jesus described his ministry as preaching the kingdom, and he did healing as a proof of his kingdom message. There's a number of places in Scripture where it talks about Jesus went and he healed everyone in the crowd who was diseased. That's part of who he is. That's part of who he calls us to be because we represent him in the world now. Here's here's another verse for you. Matthew chapter 8. It's suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. You guys remember this story. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. He recognized that Jesus had the power and the authority to do it. And his only question was, what about me? Are you willing would you heal me even? How many of you know there's people still wrestling with that question today? Sure, I could see God doing something in his life because he's a great guy, but I'm not so sure he would take the time for me. And I believe Jesus' answer to this guy is the answer he gives every time about whether he, not, he wants us to be healed. Jesus says, I am willing. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. 
I got two more verses about Jesus, then I then want to give you a couple things before we wrap up. I, I believe there are no excuses. I, I was reading through scripture this week, and I realized, do you know that Jesus even healed when he was mad? I got a verse to prove that. He healed when he was mad. He healed when there was a lack of faith in the area. There are no excuses to not seeing God move and do something. Here's, here's one for you in Mark chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. Uh, he was having an argument with the Pharisees because uh, they were watching him. Come on, to see if he was going to heal on the Sabbath. Can you imagine how jacked up you have to be as a religious person to get angry at God for doing something good for somebody on your special day? We read this and it makes no sense. It doesn't compute in our mind. We're here longing and, and wishing for God to come move once again in our midst. Do your works, Lord Jesus. And here are a bunch of guys that are watching Jesus to say, you better not screw anything up on the Sabbath. We, we got it down. We know how this is supposed to go. And they're having this argument with Jesus and they're watching him. And Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remain silent. And watch this. This is in the Bible, boys and girls. It's like, this is an actual verse. In verse 5, it says, He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. It made Jesus upset when they thought that there wasn't a good time for people to get healed. Can, can you imagine this? Being so angry at some religious person who doesn't want to see healing move that you get so upset, well, yeah, well, watch this. I'm going to heal this guy just to prove you wrong. <laughs> Come on. We don't picture Jesus this way a lot. But it says he was angry and distressed at their stubborn hearts yeah. because they, I, I just picture Jesus like, why you hate people so much? Yeah. Looking at these Pharisees. Here's what I came to do. Here's what the Father wants. Stretch out your hand. I, we, we picture like it's got to be so calm and like, oh, we're going to pray for you now and we love you and we want, which is all good. That God moves in that way. But here's Jesus. He's so ticked off at those guys that he's like, stretch out that hand. Now, Obviously, I believe Jesus is operating in righteous anger because he didn't sin. But the point is, there's no excuse for how we feel and what our emotions doing. It's God's power that he wants to release through us. Here's another time when Jesus went back to his hometown in Nazareth. In Mark chapter 6, verse 5, it says, He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. He's in a place where people don't have any faith to see healing happen. And it says all he could do was lay his hands on and heal a few sick people. How many of us would be like, we had a banner day at church today. A few sick people got healed. They came up for prayer. And, and they're saying this like it wasn't a great, it wasn't Jesus' best day. Come on, he's, he's there and all he could do was heal a few sick people. I would love to get to the point where we could have a meeting where we could say, well, all that happened today was a few sick people got healed. They came up and the pain went away from their shoulder. They, they had a limp and they went away walking whole. Come on, how many of you know that would be an awesome day to say a few sick people got healed? But the model that Jesus gives, the life that he calls us to live, the standard 
is, man, if only a few sick people get healed, we need to do something. There's no excuses. Uh, It's God's will to heal. And all healing comes from Jesus. He is the source of it all. Make, make no mistake about it. We are called to lay our hands on the sick. We are called to heal people. If you read through Matthew, he didn't say go and pray for the sick. He told his disciples, go and heal the sick. It's right. Right. a whole other discussion for another day. <laughs> There's no excuses to not see it. He wants it to happen, but he is the source of it. He sends us to do it, but he is the source of it. Be very leery especially if it's supernatural in nature, be very leery of any healing that doesn't point to Jesus as the author of it. That's right. That's right. Now, you can go to a doctor, and a yes. doctor will heal you. Yes. That wisdom came from God. That's right. whether, whether the doctor acknowledges it or not, right. it came from God. But I'm, I'm talking about if you go see somebody that says, oh, you know, we're just going to heal you through some energy method or whatever is happening in that way, and they don't point it to Jesus. Right. Don't let them lay hands on you. Amen, Pastor Chris. That's a good point right there. Wisdom for doctors comes from God. He's, Jesus is still the source of it, even if he uses a doctor to heal you. All right. This is, this is the last thing I want to give you before we go today. Uh, I talked about some ways that we can get sick. I just want to give you a couple things of how we can get healed. Since we're talking about being whole in our body. And again, this is not an exhaustive list. How many of you know God could heal however he wants? That's right. He's, he's not limited to the things I got on the list. He's not limited to our understanding and expectation of it. But here's a good start. If you are sick in your body and you need some healing, here are some places to start. Number one on my list, take communion. There is something when we activate our faith, when we go to the table of the Lord and we receive and remember the work that he did. 1 Corinthians 11 says, For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That's why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. When it says you eat without recognizing the body of the Lord, the Greek word there actually implies you treat it as profane. And when it's profane, it simply means this is common. Like, it's, it's just a piece of bread. It's just a little cup of juice. Like, that's what it means by treating it as profane. You're not recognizing God can supernaturally meet me here in this place. And when we go in faith and we activate our faith, we're receiving what Jesus did for us through the stripes that he took on his back and the blood that he poured out. And, he's, and Paul's simply telling the Corinthian church, if you treat it as just a piece of bread and just a cup of juice... No wonder you're still sick. No wonder there's people dying because you're not receiving one of the ways that Jesus released healing to us. Take communion. Uh, A second one on the list, how do we get healed? Believe and expect to receive. There is something about believing that God will do what he promised. In Matthew chapter 9, the woman with the issue of blood who pressed through the crowd and she grabbed Jesus' garment. Come on, it wasn't a magic robe. There there wasn't something special about his clothes that day. It was her faith that activated that, her belief. And come on, please, I got to say it one more time. Hear me on this. Not everyone who is sick is sick because they have a lack of faith. Okay, please don't put that on people. I, I couldn't produce my own salvation. I can't produce the healing either. There's nothing I did to earn it. But there is something special about just believing that Jesus is a keeper of his word. 
that does something in our lives. Uh, in Matthew 9, it says, Jesus turned and saw her and said, Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. Just coming with your faith to an encounter with Jesus. And she received that healing. There was a blind guy on the side of the road one time. He's calling out, Jesus, son of David. You remember that story? Jesus looked at him and says, What do you want? He might not have said it like that. <laughs> what do you want? That's... I just slipped into how we talk to our kids in our spouse's mode. I'm just kidding. Don't. We. I'm going to go over here for a second. And he looks at the blind guy and says, what do you want? And the guy says, I want to see. He had an expectation. He had faith. And actually says, Jesus says, hey, your faith has healed you. And it says the blind guy could see from that moment. There's something about belief that God comes and meets in that place. Uh, Another way that we can get healed is combine natural wisdom with our faith. It's only a lack of faith if we don't pray and we don't believe. Here is some natural wisdom. Go to that next slide. Um, (laughs) My doctor said that eating whole foods would improve my health, so I'm going to start by eating this whole donut. (laughs) Come on. Use some natural wisdom along with your faith. If, if you know you need to change your diet, change your diet. Don't sit there in the restaurant and pray the calories away. Come on, that doesn't work. We, we, we come up with all these excuses and we laugh about them. Oh, this cookie was broken. All the calories spilled out. I can eat this half of it. If you know you need to do something to change, to see health come in your body, use some natural wisdom along with your faith and make some changes. So that's another way we can get healed. Uh, Number four on my list, gather with other Christians. Because when we gather together, the Holy Spirit is here and spiritual gifts flow for the building up of the body, for us to see. Uh, In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, listing the spiritual gifts, it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, and to another miraculous powers. When God shows up and wants to heal people, healings happen whether we agree with him or not. And there are times when we are gathered together with other believers, somebody may say, Hey, God is here healing a back. And your back pain disappears and nobody laid their hand on you. Come on, there is something to be said for gathering together in a place where we have an expectation that God shows up all the time. Here's one that's very closely related to gathering with other Christians. Uh, Number five on my list is have believers pray for you. In Mark chapter 16, it says, These signs will accompany those who believe. Come on, is anybody in the room a believer? I I got 80% of the hands went up and the rest of you have already mentally moved on to lunch. If we are a believer, it says these signs should follow our lives. It doesn't say the special people with the title or if they go to the right church. It just says if you believe, these signs will follow after your life. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. That should be happening in our lives if we're believers. And I will tell you, part of that is us taking the step of faith to say, I'm going to actually put my hands on a sick person. Yeah, that's right. To find people that, that are broken, that need healing to come and to say, I'm going to step out on a faith, on a promise that's in the word of God and lay my hands and pray for you. And again, I don't know why God did it that way. I don't, I don't think there's anything magic about putting your hands on somebody, but you're being obedient to what it says in Scripture. And there's a point of contact of just saying, I'm, I'm going to be obedient to what God said, right. and I'm going to lay hands. Let me just pray for you right, right now. Yeah. 
Can, can we do that in our lives and not, not be the people that just say, Oh, I'm sorry. You're dealing with that. I feel so bad for you. I'll pray for you. If God put you in the path of that sick person, you can say, Hey, do you mind if we pray right now? I believe that God still heals today. You don't have to get spooky and over spiritualize it. You can just say, man, can I pray for you right now? I'm just going to hold your hand like this and just say, God, I release healing to Steve in Jesus' name. You would be amazed what God will show up and do, and you would be amazed at how many people are receptive to, you want to pray for me? You're you're willing to do that? Right now you're going to pray for me? I I have not ever met too many sick people that said, no, thank you, I don't want any prayer right now. They may be out there. I, I have encountered, probably I could count them on one hand. There are some people that would say, no, please don't pray for me. But 99.9% of the people are going to be like, I could really use it right now. And it's opening the door. And I will tell you, uh, I haven't done an official study on this, but just from my general experience that I've seen in the world, I think healing most often happens and God comes in response to that outside of here. When we're out there somewhere in our day-to-day life and we come across somebody that needs to encounter the power of Jesus to be whole. He loves to do that because it shows people he loves them and he's real. And uh, I got one more. How, How can we be healed? The last one on the list is have the elders pray for you. There's something in scripture in James chapter five. It says, if is any one of you sick, call for the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. And there's healing and forgiveness tied together again. I don't know why. Again, God put that in there. And there's something that when we act in faith, it's not like special oil distilled five times from the Holy Land, pressed out of grapes from the Mount of Olives. It's just oil that we bought. It's probably Wesson, you know, and we poured it in that little holder that makes it look special. But when we act in faith, it transforms that moment into a place where God comes in response to his word and does things. Again, that's not the whole list. That's just a few. If we're dealing with sickness, that's a good place to start uh, to do one of those things to see God come and heal. And this, this is the action point what I want for us this week. As we wrap up this series on being whole and specifically today being whole in our body, here's what I would like us to do. Pray for a sick person. Yep. Now, that may be impossible homework if you don't know any sick people. But I had you all raise your hand earlier in the meeting. <laughs> and I said, who knows somebody that's sick right now? And like 80% of the room put their hand up. So I think we can do the homework because we know some people who are sick. And just look for an opportunity to pray for them this week. Not, and I'm not talking about just at home in your closet. Like I'm talking about actually go and find the sick person and pray for them this week. And let them know, hey, we're going to pray right now because I believe God still heals today. And see what happens in that moment. Well, what if they don't get healed? What if they do? What if something amazing happens in that moment? I, I know how many sick people are going to get healed if I don't pray for them. Of course, God is God. He could do whatever he wants to change that number. But in my experience, if I go into a room full of sick people and I don't pray for any of them, they're all still sick. 
But if you have an opportunity to pray for them and God shows up and does something miraculous, now you have a moment. And you get to say, man, isn't that cool? God loves you so much that he met you right here in this place. He sent Jesus so that healing could be provided for you. What an amazing opportunity. Let's go ahead and stand together. Throughout this whole series, we've been talking about being whole in our body, our soul, and our spirit. And uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. There's good news available for us that we can be whole in our lives. And it starts with the message of here's what Jesus did for us on the cross. And if you're in this place today and you've never started a relationship with Jesus, you've never received him as your Lord and your Savior, it's a great day to do this. This, That would be the first step on the road to being whole. If you wanted to meet him today, there's going to be some people up front to pray after I dismiss. Come up and ask one of them to introduce you to Jesus. They'd be happy to do that. But if you're also in this place today and it wasn't raising your hand for somebody else, like you're actually dealing with sickness in the room today, I'm going to ask you to come up front and get some prayer and just believe that God's going to meet you in this place. Or if you didn't go see Eric during the service when we were worshiping to get communion, you go back and receive communion before you go today and just believe he's going to meet you in that spot. Wherever and however it happens, though, I know he wants to meet with you and do something to bring wholeness into your life. Let's go ahead and pray right now. God, we come before you and we are grateful that we are your children. Lord, thank you so much for what you did when you took the stripes on your back and you went to the cross for us so that we could experience life. Lord, let us be carriers of that life to the people around us. Even as we go from this place today, Lord God, I ask that you would give us opportunities that when we see somebody that's not whole in their body, a sickness or pain or whatever is happening, Lord God, that you would remind us of this moment right here, right now, that something would leap inside of us. Oh, I I can do something about that because Jesus lives in me. Lord, give us opportunities to carry your goodness to other people, to release your healing so that people would know that you're alive and that you love them. God, bless us indeed as we go from this place today. Let your goodness overflow in our lives. Let your mercy overtake us, God. Everywhere that we go, let us represent you well. Let people see your life flowing in us. God, bless us indeed. And we give you glory today. We honor you. We thank you for your presence in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. You're free to go or if you want to come get some prayer, but otherwise have a great afternoon. We love you.